Welcome to Two Minute Tech. I'm Todd Brinker. I said Two Minute Tech. This isn't Two Minute Tech. This is Generation Tech. You know how I know that? I'm here with my dad, Jack. How you doing today, Dad? Hey, good. Just fine. Two tech. Two I minute thought, tech. What? What's all on? Oh, two two minute tech. That's right. That's two minute tech. You know, friends. that's a podcast that I've done on and off. I've got about a hundred episodes or so now. Actually, a little over a hundred. Um, and starting with episode 100, I changed the format a little bit. It used to be I talked about whatever was in the news in tech that day. You know, it was kind of up up to the up to the minute, like, you know, hey, so-and-so just announced they released this or they released that, that kind of thing. Um, and what I did is I've changed it since episode 100 to be uh, tips so that you can go back and listen to any of them at any time. And so they're like how to... Um, you know, enable shortcuts on your phone to do uh, certain things like, or how to use back tap. Have you ever used back tap on your phone or double tap? Uh, I, I think I tried it once. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, well, in fact, I keep a button on my phone, you know, uh, that right. little smart button. The home button, the virtual home button that you put there. Yeah. That's, that's, I, I use, I have that on both my iPad and my phone. I use it on my uh, iPad uh-huh. much more, but. Uh, yeah, that's under um, uh, assistive functions on it. Um, right. I like the, the, the back tap because, excuse me, because you can do a double back tap or a triple back tap, and you can assign that to whatever you want, including shortcuts that can automate things. So like one of them, uh, a double back tap for me brings up the Shazam uh, app, which, uh, so if I'm hearing music and it, yeah. If I want, yeah. Well, if I want to know what who's playing music somewhere, I just double tap the back of my phone. It pops up, listens for a second, and says, "This is so and so. Would you like to go to their album or you know listen to that music on your on your iPhone or save it to a list?" And you can do that, which is nice. And so a lot of times I'll just save it to a list and then I'll go listen to it later. It's like that song's kind of cool. I'll save it. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's nice. I just double tap the back of my phone, and then um, and then I set up triple tap to uh, automatically bring up my Apple TV remote because I use my phone as a remote instead of having to find yeah. the Apple TV remote, which is a horrible device. Right. So, um, uh, And that way, too, if you're trying to put in a password or anything, you can type it right on the keyboard on the phone instead of trying to use the on-screen keyboard. So uh, the virtual well, I, remote, I think, is superior. Yeah. Well, uh, since I have my iPad open most of the time, I just do the right a down angle swap so I get all the control center and I've got all my controls there including the remote so that's the way I do it yeah 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 you can go to control center and you can have the remote and the flashlight and the calculator and camera and all that stuff there you can put yeah. a whole bunch of stuff in the control panel if you want um, yeah it, it's um, fun to do that something else that's I've got in mind that I just set up I don't know if you've ever tried it but I uh, went on to Amazon and I think I spent five dollars and bought a package of like eight uh, uh, near field stickers, NFC stickers, and you can then attach, and your your phone will recognize an NFC sticker, and you can go in and um, set up an NFC sticker and attach it to any kind of action through shortcuts. So, like I have an NFC sticker that looks up my location, traces my route back to home gets the estimated time, and then sends a text to my wife and says, my ETA is, and gives her that time. So if I'm out somewhere and I just want to let her know, hey, I'm, you know, when I'm going to be home, I just hold my phone up to a sticker that I stuck in a, in a kind of out-of-the-way spot on my in my car, and it just it automatically does that. It'll go get the information and send it to her. 
Mm. And that way I don't have to type anything or touch anything. I just, you know, just touch my phone to the sticker. Yeah, that's cool. Any any of those little kind of things that you do on a recurring basis, you you, Mm -hmm. you know, not necessarily on a regular basis, but Mm -hmm. often enough that you just don't want to have to go through the motions. Yeah. Great. Yeah, I have a, a, a sticker that sits on the side of um, one of my little studio speakers here in the office. And uh, when I come outside, the lights automatically come on in the hallway as I'm walking out on the driveway as I walk back to the shack and the light on the outside of the shack. And excuse me. And those stay on. They're supposed to stay on for a minute. Every once in a while, they seem to get stuck or um or they're just on because they saw some other motion or something. And so um, if I hold up my phone to a sticker here, it just shuts off those lights, mm-hmm. which is just handy, you know, because otherwise I would literally have to physically get up and go to those lights or I'd have to go to the home app and shut off each of those lights or set them up as a group on the home app to shut off those lights. Here I don't have to go anywhere. I just literally hold the phone up. Even if the phone's un- not unlocked, I can hold the phone up. As soon as it sees the sticker, it runs the shortcut and shuts off the lights. Huh. Tell me about NFC stickers. Where'd you get them? How do they How do they work? Okay. So NFC stickers are available lots of places, but I bought mine on Amazon. And uh, you can buy a package of a dozen or, you know, two dozen or three dozen. You can buy a hundred of them if you want. I mean, um, but they're not very expensive. They are literally just a sticker. And they've got the little uh, near field circuit inside of them. And each of them basically has a little ID and some storage space on it. And the iPhone in the Shortcuts app has a variety of ways you can trigger things. And one of them is NFC. So when you go into there and you're you're setting up the shortcut, you say, I want it to trigger by NFC. Then it says, okay, identify the NFC. So you put your phone next to the NFC sticker. And it says, okay, NFC sticker and whatever the serial number is for that sticker will now trigger a shortcut. What do you want it to do? And then you can create your shortcut, and it may be something as simple as launching an app or, or launching an app and then activating something within the app. And lots and lots of apps on iOS work with shortcuts. In fact, most of the apps work with shortcuts uh, because it's built into the development system. And so the hooks are there. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, I can do things like uh, get some information from one app copy it into a message and send a message to somebody or I can have it turn off some lights and turn on other lights or um, uh, like I have another sticker in the car uh, that I can it will automatically launch my podcast app and play the next podcast so it starts so when I get in the car I just tap my phone there and then set it down and turn on bluetooth and it will automatically launch my podcast app and go to the most recent podcast and start playing it so I don't have to go find the app and tap on it and scroll into the list and then start the th- you know select the the podcast and hit go. I don't have to mm-hmm. do any of that. I just tap my phone, set my phone down, and and, and then start driving. Hmm. Okay, so uh, NFC so stickers comp- basically have a little uh, uh, circuit and a and a antenna on it, so that uh, yeah. something and and the and the fi- iPhone talks to it by getting within what a foot of it or how close oh it's less than that it's inches you literally like touch it on it oh you have to get real it's near field yeah yeah and and part of that is 
so it's a security issue, right? You don't want it to be something that somebody can scan at a distance. They want it, you get right up on it. Ah, okay. Yeah. But like here, uh, 25 NFC stickers for $10, you know, is on Amazon. And they're all, the stickers are like, you know, inch, inch and a quarter in diameter or in square. Some are round and some are square. Some have a little logo on them. Others are just blank white NFC tags. And, uh, and you can stick them anywhere you want and do which, like I have one that I stuck and this is interesting. I tested it and I stuck it on the bottom side of a counter. And if I set my phone on top of the counter there, it recognizes and and triggers. So it's within maybe uh, five-eighths of an inch, a little over half inch, and it triggered. Mm-hmm. And so I stuck it on the bottom side of a counter in our kitchen, and if I set my phone there, so you don't see anything, but if I just set my phone in that spot, it triggers. And what it does is it starts a timer, and it gives me uh, 120 seconds, and then it shuts off all the lights in the house. So when I get ready to go to bed, set my phone there, pick up whatever I got to pick up, walk back to the bedroom by the time i get back to the bedroom it's now shutting off all the lights in the house Hmm. and again you've got to have smart lights in order for that to work right because you've got to have uh, right but uh but the idea i think is just very cool so i started playing with it a while ago and um you know i'm sure you could get even more creative with these things and and shortcuts but it's a combination of learning how to use shortcuts to do things and then how to use NFC tags as a trigger for those things. So yeah. shortcuts is a great way of taking multiple things and sticking them in a, you know, in, in a package automated Ooh. package that will launch them and do them in a certain sequence. So you can take anything that you do that you repeat a lot and put it into that sequence and save it as a shortcut. And then you can trigger it by using Siri and using the name of the shortcut or buy something like an NFC tag or certain times of day and 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 the triggers you can use if then statements so you can say you know if it's after sunset and this is happening then do this yeah it's actually a pretty complicated scripting system and they they keep enhancing it so it gets better as time goes by hmm is there a uh, is there a website to go to to find the whole uh, set of instruction sets um, well, you can do some searching around on it. I found a, um, uh, an article that talked about how to, to use NFC tags with shortcuts. So I just did a search for NFC tags and shortcuts. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly it's just exploring around with the shortcuts app and seeing what you can do there. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things within shortcuts that, that I haven't even begun to explore yet. Um, just starting to get into it but it's kind of cool it's kind of and it's fun you know and so it makes you sit down and say well what are things that i do regularly on my phone you know what are steps that i go through or on my on my ios device are there things that i regularly do is there things that i would like to have set up a certain way so that would automatically do them for me Mm mm-hmm you know, and if you start thinking about it, I mean, in my in my experience, there wasn't like immediately this giant list of things that came to mind, but I was able to think of, hey, here's a few things like the 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 ability to just say, hey, uh, you know, I'm going to be home in an X amount of time. Mm-hmm. You know, 
Now, I thought one thing that I found interesting, and I haven't gone back and tried to modify it yet. And this is that, like if I were to manually send a text to somebody saying, hey, my ETA is, you know, 520. OK, I would probably round that to, you know, add like five minutes to it or maybe round it to just 530. You know, mm-hmm. give myself a little bit of time just in case there's traffic or something. Now, of course, it's getting the ETA from the Maps app and it's traffic aware. So it should be taking that into account. But I always like to just give a little bit of a buffer. And I don't yeah. know of a way to say to the script, OK, go get the estimated time of arrival. Now add five minutes to it. Now send that. Well, there must, but be, I a, know, must be a function yeah. there that gets the time. Uh but you, well, that's you what I'm programmatically, you can do that. And I've noticed that it tends to work in seconds. So it, it's, you know, so instead of add, if you want to add two minutes, you add 120 seconds to stuff. So yeah. I've got to play with it a little bit. I, I'm absolutely confident it can be done. I just didn't spend the time to do that when I set up the script the first time. The yeah. other thing that's really cool about shortcuts is there's a, a shortcut. Uh, what are these? Not, they don't call it marketplace. It's a shortcut. Um, here, let me look at it actually so I can speak a shortcut gallery and you can go in there and just see a whole bunch of shortcuts that have already been made that do things. Yeah. And what's nice about all of them is you can save them and use them or you can go in and you can save it and then, and then go in and edit it, you know? Hmm. So you can just say, Hey, I want to change. Here's one. Washing hands music. Wash your hands for 20 seconds while listening to music. So it just it'll play you 20 seconds of, of music from somewhere. Hmm. And Probably the four whatever. actions involved in that are, let's see, I'll look at it here. Uh, okay, scripting. Continue in shortcuts app. Play. Shortcut input. Wait 20 seconds. Then pause. You know, uh, uh, listening to you talk about this, uh, number number one, I have a problem because uh, being hard, difficult to hear sometimes or misunderstanding what you're saying uh, is that I'm behind you. I can't keep up with you. Uh, secondly, even if I could, uh, when you get into technical details, there's often too many uh, little other pieces that are missing. It would be much you know, if you're going to learn something as complex and as uh, detailed as a programming language, what the reason I asked for is there any good reference for that? We need to find that and make that available to people, because most of the time, then you can go at your own pace and you can sort through the areas that you have your own questions on. You know. Well, understand that I'm not trying to teach anybody how to do shortcuts. This is not I, a tutorial I, on shortcuts. All this is is, hey, there's something that's cool out there. If you're interested, go explore. Right, right. But uh, we can we can do that by searching now. So that's probably good enough. Uh, but uh, you were going into a not, uh, some detail there that I was not following you. So I right. I, well, that's I, I was going into detail basically because you had asked some questions about it. So I was trying to answer the questions or I give you, you some more information about it. But yeah. but in the shortcuts app, which is where you construct your shortcuts, you have the op- the option of you, you can create just shortcuts that you that you name and and you can tap on to play or you can call out by the name of it using Siri. So you could hey, hey, Shlomo, you know, do this. Yeah. Um 
you can set up automations and automations can be triggered by time of day or by NFC or by a variety of different things. And there's a list of them here. Or there's a gallery. And the gallery's nice because you don't have to do anything. You just go scan through and they've got shortcuts named certain things. And so you go through and, and say, you know, that one looks interesting. I think I would like to try that one. And in fact, right at the top, they've got uh, starter shortcuts. There's one called block off an hour, which quickly quickly create an event at the time you and date you choose. You know, take a break, set an alarm and to do and turn on Do Not Disturb until your alarm goes off, which is huh. kind of nice. It's like, yeah. you know, not only am I setting alarm, I'm saying don't bug me during this time. <laughs> I am uh, being totally frustrated right now. I, Working on my iPad, I'm in the search field with a text thing. I've got the keyboard on, and I type on the keyboard, and nothing comes through. So my thing has decided to die. And so disconnect it, reconnect it. Disconnect it and reconnect it because it's a magnetic connection. Maybe I, it's just not touching I, the, the the little smart keyboard okay. connectors. That doesn't do it. I did that before, but I thought, well, I'll try it again. Huh. I so the keyboard is this. not being recognized? Yeah, that's right. It's not rec not recognizing it. And I can't get the other little manual keyboard right now. Uh, if I take this thing completely off and turn it sideways, then I can go down and now if I go into search, it pops up the keyboard, and I've got the screen one. Oh, there. I, now the screen one works, you know. I was just yeah. going to do what I t uh, had told you I was interested in, and mm -hmm. I've searched for iOS shortcuts, and I just wanted to see what I got here. But I spent five minutes trying to do that. <laughs> okay, is all it does is send you, of course, to the app. Uh, and uh, I was looking for documentation in a search field, and mm -hmm. it just sent me there. Well, don't do a search on the device. Do a search in your browser, and that will right. give you That's information I... about it. Yeah. Shortcut yeah. User's Guide in Apple Support. Yeah. It's support.apple.com slash guide slash shortcuts slash welcome slash iOS. <laughs> I will send you that link. Okay, there was another one uh, that's at Apple Insider articles, how to use right. new app shortcuts folders in iOS yeah. 14. And so. the shortcuts user's guide from Apple is good information, but very often things like, um, uh, you know, the, the uh, Apple-oriented media have articles that explain it better. <laughs> right. You well... Know. Right, they're trying to get the whole thing. In. They don't want to make it too verbose. So anyway, right. yeah, that, that's a good place to have bookmark. Yeah. But uh, but the Apple's uh, Shortcuts User's Guide has a table of contents that has shortcut basics, custom solutions, editing shortcuts, personal automation, home automation, and advanced shortcuts. So so they've got a couple right. different categories that'll teach you about what to do, and that's direct from Apple. And then from there, you can probably expand out and find more information in places like, uh, uh, well, if you just do a search, you'll probably find things like, you know, Macworld, MacBreak Weekly, those kinds of things. Um, right. Where, where somebody has written about this stuff in in uh, detail. I know that there's a podcaster, uh, Federico Vitici, who is a who's all in on iOS. 
um, like a couple years ago. He just said, forget it. I'm not working with Mac anymore. I'm dropping it. I do everything on iOS. So he does all of his podcasting off of his, off of his iPad. He does all of his writing off of his iPad. And he's a journalist uh, and yeah. podcaster. And he just does it all on iOS. He goes, I'm going to learn to do it there. Yes, it means I'll do it a little differently. And some things will work better than I'm used to. And some things will work worse than I'm used to. But I'm, I'm all in. I'm going iOS. And that's what he did. And he's big into the shortcuts. In fact, he's one of the first guys that I had remember reading about who had uh, done a lot of stuff with them. So if you um, search for Federico Vitici, you can probably find a lot. Yeah. Um, what will, I forgot the little tags you had mentioned that were available. I, I was wondering if they were mentioned anywhere in the shortcuts. And I was going to search for that. Yeah. Um, I suspect that there's probably something in there where it talks about them because... Uh, it's one of the options when you trigger shortcuts, and yeah. so. Um, uh, what do you call them? What, what, what's uh, your NFC name? near field. NFC. Okay, yeah. so if I just do a search in the guide for NFC, it says setting triggers. There, you there go. we go. Enable or disable a personal automation. Okay, just got to remember the names of these things now. <laughs> yeah, and that's a, that's a challenge when you get to my age, <laughs> right? I just sent you another leak, uh, another uh, link. Uh, it's uh, done by Federico Vitici called Mac Stories, and it's their Shortcuts Archive, and it's a list of all the stuff that they did that talk about shortcuts and how they can be used and and uh, and what they do. And so there's a whole bunch there um, that talks about it. I would say get the basics from maybe the Apple website first, but then. Uh, um, then you can go look at some of his stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I, uh, I haven't done any programming since I retired of any kind mm -hmm. and, and I've thought about it. And, uh, it, it, when this first came out, I took a quick look at it and I said, Oh, that's pretty, you know, lame. <laughs> It was incredibly rudimentary when it started out, and and the interface is still very much not a programming interface. They very yeah. much did not want to create programming. They yeah. wanted to um, uh, create... Uh, easy use, ease of use. E for... Yeah, easy automation is what it was, right, really. Right, So Yeah, well, I appreciate that, and, and I'm glad you brought this up because uh, I, I hadn't thought about programming in a while, but, you know... Uh, I, uh, before I, I retired, uh, I was really big into Microsoft office automation. I mean, they had visual basic behind all their major products. And, mm -hmm. uh, I, I did development for probably five to 10 years in that environment. Right. Uh, and, uh, and I thought, wow, that's, that'll keep you loyal to Microsoft office if anything will because it really enables you to do all the things that we're talking about doing here right now. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a yeah, full but this is on iOS with a completely different type of interface for touch use. So it's, it's, it's different, I, you know, but, that, well, uh, but, it, but it's automation and programming, right. regardless of how you want to talk about it, you know, it's done. Yeah. Well, and it's automation using applications within an environment, which is what the visual basic, scripting language allowed you to do now something that i you never tied into but when i lived in pennsylvania um the newsroom had a guy who was very much into 
scripting and he used the built-in environment on Macs called Apple Script and yeah. you know it's still built into the Macs it's still there and so you could go in and write scripts that automated tasks within applications and across applications um, and that's been part of the Mac environment for years and um, uh, Apple Script is a, a very powerful tool for those who want to do automation. It is more like Visual Basic, though. It is more of a programming language, even though modern Macs uh, ship with an app called Automator, and it allows you to create uh, Apple Scripts by having it just record what you're doing. So you could say, do this, then do this, then do this, then do this, and it makes a script that does that, and then you can go in and edit the script if you want. So it makes it pretty easy to get a a script started on Apple script, but because, you know, the new kid in town is iOS and billions of people have iOS devices, much many more than have Macs. you know, that the, 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 uh, shortcut shortcuts is the, the hotter ticket right now. Right. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty amazing what you can do. And, and when you start thinking about it, there's lots of amazing ways to use, scripting languages on a on a computer to make it much more valuable a device to you know for you if for for any individual all they have to do is spend a little bit of time thinking about hey every day i come in and do this this and this like right now i just went and looked at the um, automation section and the first thing you pick is what is your trigger and you know i was talking about nfc as a trigger but you can also say whenever my device attaches to a certain Wi-Fi network or whenever my device attaches to a certain Bluetooth device or get this one, whenever my car, whenever my device attaches to CarPlay. So like when I attached to CarPlay, that that one that I had triggering with the NFC that automatically launched my um, um, uh, podcast app and started playing the, the most recent podcast. Yeah, that one would be perfect to set up as a CarPlay with trigger as well. So. One of my two cars has CarPlay in it. So when I attach to CarPlay, I could do that. The other one is when it attaches Bluetooth. So I could have one that attached, when it attached to that device, Bluetooth automatically launched. So I don't need the NFC trigger. I don't have to touch anything. I just have to do what I always do, which is turn on the Bluetooth when the car starts up so that my phone can attach. And it'll yeah, automatically. Well, 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 let me tell you what I'm going to look into. As you know from our experience just before we turned this on is that I have hearing aids and with mm-hmm. hearing aids they they interface to Apple devices in a little different manner in fact they don't work with uh, with the Apple computers which still annoys me to no end it, but they do work with my phones and iPads and stuff mm-hmm. but they're nevertheless when I transition back and forth between my phone and the iPad it's not very smooth and sometimes I have to reset and start over and uh, you know so I want mm-hmm. my automation capability to do that for me because it's so annoying and it takes a lot of time manually. Right, you know? right. So that's something you do regularly. So just have one set up attached to phone, another one set up attached to to uh, iPad, right? Exactly, yep. In fact, you could probably <clears throat> copy the same shortcut and just change the target and so you only have to write it once. <laughs> right. <laughs> well... The, there is some uh, interface issues associated that it's going to be associated with that, and one is is that you have to have Bluetooth off on the other device sometimes to disconnect it. Mm-hmm. That's how you. That's how you. The only way I have of disconnecting my hearing aids from a device is to go in and turn Bluetooth off. Yeah, 
Now, you've talked about this before, the fact that the hearing aids don't behave like a normal Bluetooth device. There's something different about them. Because if yeah. it was just normal, if it was just regular Bluetooth, it should attach without any trouble to your computer or to whatever. Right. right. Yeah. Well, uh, they tried to make it better and more sophisticated than normal interconnects because they know that people who have hearing aids that work with these things, uh, they didn't mm-hmm. didn't want them to have these hassles. But it's but it seems to me every time they do an upgrade or something, there's some changes somewhere that's going mm-hmm. to impact this interface. And it yeah. takes a while, and then they'll get it right, you know. But uh, so I, w- I want a, a reset device, if you will. <laughs> so yeah. It's not working. I push a button, and it does its thing, and bingo, I've got my hearing back. Oh, that's that, that's a brilliant use of shortcuts, and it's perfect for it because it's the kind of thing, like you said, that it's, it's multiple steps that you have to go through to reset it each time you want to do it. And it happens just enough that it's it's an annoyance, and so why not automate those steps? Yeah. Yep. Anyway, I'll look at that, and I'll keep you apprised of my progress, if any, mm-hmm. <laughs> if I really get to it. Yeah. <laughs> but it, yeah, it's annoying when updates make things that worked fine not work anymore. You know, um, I mean, we do this broadcast using Skype, which is a Microsoft product, and. They update Skype regularly, which good. I don't want them to to abandon the product, right? But when I say regularly, I mean multiple times a month. They will upgrade it, and they do it automatically in the background as a default. You can go change yeah. that, but automatically it does updates in the background. Now I also use as a backup recorder an app called Call Recorder that records any Skype call, so that we have both halves of our conversation recorded there, in addition to our uh, our Mixler broadcast panel. So I have two different things recording. The call recorder, and th- this is how I know that Skype is being updated, because a couple times a month when I launch it, call recorder doesn't launch. <laughs> it's supposed to automatically launch every time I launch Skype. So I go in, and or very often it'll pop up and say, you know, call recorder needs to be updated in order to work with this version of Skype. And then you have to, like, install it, reboot Skype, and then stop Skype, restart Skype, and then it comes up and it's fine. <laughs> and it'll be fine for a week or two until somebody at Skype changes something. And, yeah. you know, I don't know whether it's the Skype people just don't like Call Recorder, so they're regularly going in and changing it so that you can't use that particular app, but it's it's a <laughs> yeah. major annoyance. Yeah. It's yeah. like, why does that break every couple of weeks? There must be a war going on between the manufacturers. <laughs> yeah, well, Microsoft's bigger. They're going to win. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too. I mean, talk about wars. Have you seen some of the stuff going back and forth between uh, Facebook and Apple recently? Oh, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Apple yeah. has announced that they are going to um, force every app on all their platforms to tell you exactly what and when they are sending information back to the home home servers and Mm -hmm. facebook does not like that and apple's saying hey you know we're just announcing it we're not telling them not to use the apps we're just saying that you have to you have to disclose what what's happening and facebook doesn't want to tell you that they're using all your information and how often they're taking that information and what they're doing with that information and uh, apple's saying tough luck (laughs) you know so they're they're playing some hardball here 
Well, at the same time, Apple's catching some flack, too, because I just saw an article this morning is that basically accusing Facebook of doing and allowing many of the very same things that they took Parler off of their app store for. And I think it was a shot across the bow to Facebook that, you know, hey, you guys aren't guaranteed a spot on this phone. You yeah. Know? And that would really cripple them. And, and they yeah. thought, well, you know. They thought they were home free because they have so many customers, and and they thought that well, Apple couldn't really risk that because they'd lose right. uh, users. Would yeah, but a lot of people would say, "I'll just go get an Android phone because I really want Facebook more than I want Apple." And I think yeah. Apple's doing a a very calculated gamble here, saying we think that people will want Apple more than they want Facebook. So if you push comes to shove, we'll block Facebook too. Yeah. And they might see where this is going, but this Mm -hmm. is uh, this is a really serious thing. This whole business of uh, uh, free speech, uh, as we look at it. But you know, I know I know the technicalities that businesses can do what they want to do. But the fact is, is that they're they're living under our government, which gave them some special privileges, and they don't want to lose those. (laughs) So it's not, you know, they're not home free. Right. No, I agree. I think that it's a very sticky wicket. We've talked about it before. And I, 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 you know, Section 230 gives them certain protections. And I think that some of those protections are necessary. But I think we need to revisit that and reword some of the rules around Section 230 and also put some constraints and limits on it. You know, because right now it it, it essentially says they can't be sued for anything. And so they're doing anything. And and we need to maybe say, okay, well, you can't be sued for certain things but for you know other behavior especially as you approach you know market dominance um and and how are we define what that is that companies play by different rules when you get to that point um, yeah but you know i can also see you know this is a very apple-like way of doing things is you know use somebody who's the dominant player while they're the only option in town while you're very quietly behind the scenes and not telling anybody because you don't talk about anything you do inside your bit company uh, right. developing an alternative and when they're ready they just say okay google maps you're gone here's apple maps now you know and google maps yeah. is the dominant mapping platform in the world but you know what and when apple maps came out people were like oh these aren't very good and a lot of people still use google maps they just went and downloaded it themselves but you know what today most of the people who use an iphone just use apple maps because they're fine and they don't have to do anything. They're already there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I In this b- business, I was just curious because when uh, the Apple took Parler off, I immediately dumped the app in the past. So I just wanted to see if I could download it again since I knew uh-huh. Parler was back. And I, I just did. I just downloaded it. So, yep, it's uh-huh. back. <laughs> you know, when you say something's back, you don't know whether that means the, you know, they're up and running, but you can't get your app back, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and you could always, um, with with Parler and with other apps, they all, almost all of them have a web interface. So you can always go there. And you can also save that link on your desktop as an app, and so you can jump right there to see it, you know? Yeah. Like, on, in, I've got a folder on my iPhone that has uh, some tech sites, and Mac Daily News has an app that I can launch. But another site that I like to go to is Mac Rumors. They don't have an app. So I just yeah. saved the Mac Rumors homepage as an icon in that same folder right next to Mac Daily News. And to be honest, 
when you click on it, you can't tell the difference. It just launches and shows you all the news. Right. You know, I mean, all the Mac Daily News app is is a customized browser that only points at one spot, Mac Daily News. Right. And so, you know, it's six of one, half dozen of the other. Yeah. Anyway, I thought I'd tell you while I'm here, when I get got parlor, there, I've noticed there's two others I didn't see before. Uh, one of them is second first, and it says free speech platform is how they advertise themselves. Mm-hmm. Uncensored news. Now, it, you know, it'll be amazing to see how long it'll take before somebody censors them. But then there's another right. one called Tech Exit, and that's uncensored news also. So yeah. Truth, truth the, chat polls and so forth. So yeah. these things are coming out of the woodwork to serve people that are being abused by Facebook, I'm sure. <laughs> they are. But the thing is, is that, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, they tend to be very siloed because what happens is, is somebody will launch this app with the idea that it's going to be a, an alternative for a certain community. Um, that there's no guarantee that that's the community that always is the one that's going to show up there. And they tend to be, you know, everything's hunky-dory and it's uncensored and everything's great until somebody shows up on the site who has a dissenting opinion. And then right. they all turn ugly and it's always... <laughs> Although I do like um, I do like the, the uh, one that we were playing around with the other day, WeMe, or MeWe. Yeah. I don't remember. Um, Because everybody has to be verified. They have to verify your phone number so that, you know, I mean, you can have multiple accounts, but you'd have to have multiple phone numbers to do it. So so there's a limit to that. You're not going to have a thousand different accounts or just make a new one every time, you know, you want to go flame somebody. Um, And that tends to make behavior less volatile when when you... I, I just flat think we need to start over somehow and get the, some biometric verification of who you are, like yeah. Apple has it, you know. Uh, yeah. Well, I could see Apple, if if push comes to shove, Apple doing the same thing and booting Facebook off of their site. And, and I can also see them at the same time, if they don't have something in-house, buying somebody like WeMe and then tying in your face ID and or your fingerprint to it so that, you know, you can have one account. You can cancel it or you can come back to it anytime you want, but you've got one account. And right. now they've got a social network that that is more manageable because you actually know who those people are. There's yeah. not all these shadow accounts. And they would have a social network that allows you to share all your pictures and stuff with family members, and they're not advertising anything to you. They're not collecting information about you. They don't want any information about you. They, they Yeah. Act, actively try not to collect information. They go out of their way to obscure information from them. So, because uh, oh, well, that's not well, what that, they're all about. That That's the only way. Uh, to, well, I, I hope somebody's trying to penetrate them to see if they're really doing that, you know, if they really are protecting you. I mean, th- that mm-hmm. needs to be verified by independence people, too. Yeah, Apple's been actually pretty open about that in terms of the methodologies. And when they come out with new methodologies, they post the, the specs of how they're doing it. And the way that they are um, uh, obscuring stuff, you know, so that they so that they they can collect information about ways things are being used, but they can't collect information about who's using them that way because yeah. they don't care about the who. They just care about how the devices are being used so that they can then make adjustments and, and new devices that fit how people are actually using them. Well, I, I agree. I, everything sounds great. You know, Apple makes a good yeah. story. But yeah. you can you can it's it's the old trust but verify you know right it always comes down to that. 
Yeah. And somebody somebody needs to be involved in the verification and saying that, hey, you know, I really, uh, they really are secure. They, they're, they're not doing these things that, that they say they're not doing, you know. So anyway, that's a, a little bit far afield from where we started here. But uh, all of these things are really in an interesting time because, uh, you know, it, it, we're, we're evolving Mm-hmm. And it's important that we evolve because, you know, the other thing that just really hit home to me the other day is uh, last night, I guess it was, 60 Minutes was on. And they had a show on there, and guess what they were talking about? The folks that uh, will let you know if you send in a little spit in the tube uh, where your uh, family was from, your 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 uh, uh it's, it's yeah, your one genetic of, stuff, the 23andMe people and the Ancestry.com people. That's 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 the that's exactly. Uh, yeah. And and uh, the one they really highlighted is the one that, that that we sent our spit to about three years ago or four years ago. Uh-huh. We were curious just about how the genealogy, what they what they might find. In fact, right. a woman called your mom and said, "Hey, you know, I think we're related." <laughs> mm-hmm. So, anyway. Uh, that unfortunately, all of that stuff they've sold to China. You know, it's a, it's one of those things that's. Uh, well, a lot of it's publicly available. Do, do the, the family you, tree, you know, but the, right. no, the, it, it, you know, the whole purpose of this was to help you build out your family tree, and that was their business. Well, but now, that's but, that's but that's but I think that's the business think, of ancestry. Twenty three and me pitched it differently. Yeah. Okay. That's ancestry. That's right. But both of them were involved in that story last night, and I don't uh-huh. know much about Twenty Three and Me. But ancestry is is the company, and I'll bet you their business drops to zero because uh, people are going to be ticked that apparently uh, they they in I fact disagree. showed the agreement that you agreed to when you sent in your spit. Yeah. No, you you know you release them from any obligation. They can do whatever they want to with it. Yeah. But but, but at the time. Nobody said uh, that we might do, go send this to China, you know, to our enemy. And China's building this big database on people around the world because they think their goal in the future is to be the center of all uh, medical uh, uh, devices and, and advances. They have already approached the state of Washington with a whole plan to, uh, to take care of and diagnose uh, their citizens because they got so much data on their citizens that they can already do that. They they could can forecast because of your genetics certain types of illnesses that people are subject to and that you should go in and have these checked out. Okay, yeah. so it's it's a great sales pitch from a medical standpoint. It scares the hell out of you to find out. Oh, you know, hey, I want to know if I got something that's really hazardous to me. Mm-hmm. But did I, did I right up until the point that your insurance that? company gets it and says, hey, wait a minute. We're going right. to quadruple your insurance charges because it turns out you have a genet- genetic predisposition to, uh, you know, yeah. I don't know, so, walking so anyway, on your knuckles like a monkey. Anyway, we've already seen what China's done to their own citizens from a genetic standpoint. In fact, they have a whole, one entire segment of their population has been imprisoned, basically. Uh, and I forgot what they call them, Olmers or something like that. Uyghurs. Uyghurs. How do you say Uyghurs. that? Uyghurs. It's it's it, Uyghur is how you say it. It starts. Oh. It's like U I G something. That's how it's spelled, but it's pronounced Uyghur. Yeah, but but anyway, uh, they uh, 
they don't do things very ethically at all over there. They don't have ethics. They don't even recognize it. We do what we yeah, want to well, do. Well, they, they go by a different ethic. What they're saying is that their ethic is driven by what is best for society, and individuals may get screwed in the process. And our philosophy is, no, you look out for individuals and society will be better. And so it's just right. it's it's coming at the things from two different ways. But yeah, they're 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 it's a different perspective of the world. I, I certainly am not making any excuses for them. Though the thing is, if you look at and again, I, I have used twenty three and Me. I have not can't speak to Ancestry. Twenty three and Me, uh, when you sign up, gives you a, quite a few different checkboxes about how this information can be used and whether or not you're willing to share it and whether or not that information can be tied back to you specifically when they share it or if it's generalized information that they can share. And you get to determine that when, they, when, you, when you sign up um, so you can decide how you want to do that. But there's been sign, several fairly high... Sign up for what, Todd? 23andMe. But what, so what when, you, when you send in your spit to 23andMe, they oh. have a fairly lengthy uh, form that determines how that information can and will be used, and you get to decide which silos, it, how it's going to be used, and how, how much information that, uh, that ties it back to you can be used. And then um, the, uh, the, you know, the, both 23andMe and Ancestry have um, some, uh, infra- obviously, if, if it's in our country, a access can be had by subpoena, right? So, so a court can say you have to give whatever you're holding to X, Y, and Z, and that's disclosed as well. And there's been some fairly high-profile cases where crimes from 20 years ago have been solved because turns out a guy who they think is the one who did something has a brother or a sister or a cousin or something who's done either 23andMe or Ancestry.com. And they've been able to go to a judge and say, we have this evidence that is pretty close, but we don't think we can convict him on this. His brother has taken this test. If we can compare genetic information that we picked up from a crime scene or that we picked up from this guy's trash can with his brother's information, we can find out if the person who committed the crime is really closely related to this guy, which then gives us one more piece of information so that we could then subpoena and and get his genetic information directly or or take that then to court and, and prosecute. And there have been several murderers who, 20 years after the fact, have now been caught using exactly that information, using uh, be, being able to convince a, a court that I need to have genetic information from this person because they're related to this suspect who we have a lot of good information and, and good evidence against, but not quite enough to convict. And they've yeah. gotten genetic evidence then that proved that that was the guy who did it. Hmm. Which I think is pretty amazing. In fact, there's a TV show on um, that you can go uh, uh, see that where there, like the first season was one woman um, hunting down. I think it was the Golden State uh, uh, guy murderer that they just uh, arrested last year, um, and they, and it was a season of her finding the genetic information and, and tracking it down and working with um, the the uh, people who still had the the case was not a closed case. So it meant that there was somebody assigned to follow up on it, but there just hadn't been any new leads in the last decade. And uh, But they had always thought this guy was highly suspect. But then the murders stopped, and so we had no evidence. And, you know, he wasn't creating new evidence, at least that we could tell. 
but anyway, they were able to prove conclusively that the guy that they got was the guy who had been there and did it. Yeah. Which is, you know, well, great. <clears throat> Go science. Always, yeah, there, there's always good things and bad things, you know. Right. Just depends on yeah. what it is you think you might, might want to do with data. Right. Well, mm-hmm. and that's why when you start doing that kind of stuff, you know, you need to live in a society or you hope that you live in a society where there are rules about who gets access to that. It's not just anybody can go grab it and do it, you know, as opposed to like the, you know, like we were talking about the differences between Chinese and American ways of handling things here. You know, we have a, a whole branch of government that's designed to help make decisions. That's what their job is, is to weigh the evidence on both sides, listen to people make their best case and say, okay, we're going to go this way because this makes sense based on all the laws and the history that we have in our country. Whereas Chinese basically say, we want it, we're going to take it. Yeah. You know, the government can, can move. Now, I suspect that within the Chinese rules, they probably have steps that they have to go through to do things. But the thing is, is that there aren't the checks and balances there are within a democracy, right? When you have one party running everything. Um, Absolutely. There's no balance. And so they get to do whatever they want to do. That's that's absolutely the difference. Yeah. One-party systems never work for people. I mean, they, yeah. they, they've, they've managed to function, but they're, they're basically the same as a, same problems mm-hmm. as a monarchy. That's, that's why there's yeah. no kings and queens around except for show purposes and yeah they're vestigial (laughs) and invests in that only for a tourist attraction you know Mm -hmm. so yeah uh, well and what that really means is that that all of those societies are in pretty much a perpetual state of almost revolution the people are always on the cusp of like oppression sufficient that they're willing to revolt Right. Yep. And so the government walks that fine line of saying, we're going to oppress you. We're going to oppress you. But we can't oppress all of you and we can't oppress you too much, because if we do, then you'll all rise up and get rid of us, which is what's going on in in, uh, Burma. I don't know if Mm -hmm. you've heard about uh, what's going on there. They just had a coup and overthrew their elected their their democratically elected leaders who were in the process of trying to install after after almost 100 years of war and and ethnic battles trying to put in a democracy that made sure that everybody in each different group had representation and the army said no we don't like that because that takes power away from us and the army basically took all the government threw them in jail and took over yep well you know in in the final analysis everybody is in danger of a of a powerful army and that, but but that that army can only be enabled by all of the participants in the army knowing that they don't owe everything to their commander. There are some right. things that are immoral for them to do, regardless of what the commander says. You know, yeah. And that's the checks on on the military. But other than that, throughout history of the world, the, the armies have always had the power. Yeah, the guy who's the biggest and the strongest is in charge. You know, that's where in our country, you know, our allegiance is not to uh, a person or a position even. It's to the Constitution, right? Mm -hmm. And everybody takes an oath to the Constitution. It says, I will support and defend the Constitution. The laws of our land are what we owe allegiance to because that's what separates us from 
chaos. Except that in the last six months that I, in my own experience, uh, I believe we've had some serious violations of that and people are looking the other way. I, I know mm -hmm. that to be the case. And the real concern I have is with the Supreme Court, who's supposed to be the decider and get there and get involved. And they have sat on their hands. And, uh, and, and I understand some of the arguments as to why they're doing this now. It's because they're under threat, in fact, being studied how to redo the uh, justice system, okay? Which to me is scary as hell, too, because uh, we have a one yeah. party uh, system in government, and, and they're starting to act like a, a one party system does, you know? Okay, you, so, you misstated that. We don't have a one-party system in government. What you're saying is in in we, control in right now, we have a single party with a majority. With a power, yeah. Right. So, But we've had that before. It never lasts long. Yes. Um, you know, I, I think that, that but, well, I'll just say, before we go too much further, as again, we've gone way far afield of tech stuff here. Um, I, I, I don't have near the, I mean... I, I have concerns, but I don't have near the 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 uh, the concern that you seem to be expressing. Well, you you wouldn't if you hadn't looked at the constitutional issues involved. And I'm, I and have I'm, looked at the constitutional issues. In fact, I have a copy of the Constitution sitting within two feet of me right here, and I have yeah. reread it recently several times because of what's been going on. So I am well aware of what's going on. Don't okay, assume well, that the person who disagrees with you is not informed. They disagree well, with you. Uh, the the uh, the Supreme Court was supposed to take this up starting on the 23rd of January, and uh, they're apparently looking at it now. So I'm be interested to see whatever happens, because uh, uh -huh. supposed to take they, what up a constitutional issue with regarding the election. They promised they did. They set a date clear back in January. Uh, actually, in December, I guess it was. They set a date on the 23rd of you know, after the uh, president was sworn in, that they would finally take a look at one of the issues that was brought up regarding the election. Mm -hmm. And and they just haven't done it. They haven't done anything yet. Now, apparently they're now looking at it because the 23rd has gone by, but we haven't heard anything. So okay. anyway... Well, I don't know specifically know. what you're talking about. Constitu a, a constitutional issue is not enough information for me to have a conversation about that. But well, let's, we, we can read about that and we can talk about it offline. That's not real. Neither of the, none of this is, right. is really in context for, um, for the podcast topics that we try to talk about. But, um, but certainly I think that you know, I would urge anybody who listens to, to spend some time educating yourself about what the, con what, what the Constitution says what the issues are in front of the Supreme Court. If you go to uh, scotusblog.com, uh, um, it tells you all the cases that are pending before the um, the court, uh, what's going on in each of the different terms in each month, uh, current petitions before the court, and statistics about you know how things are being handled. It's just all a lot of information about what's going on with your Supreme Court. And so it's a really good place to go find out what the uh, what the Supreme Court is doing right now. Um, the specific, and uh, well, the specific issue that I was referring to has to do with the power of state legislatures under the federal constitution to de determine how the elections are run in their state. It's up right. to the leg legislatures alone, alone, and that's not what happens. So 
That's that's the issue. Right. But if the legislature alone says we're going to defer this to the executive branch to handle how this is uh, brings about, then they have fulfilled their requirement. If they did that. But if they not, did that, that's not. the Well, case I at least four states. So, well, uh, I that remains to be seen. That's why it's in front of a court. Yeah, that's not the case as you see it. But that's why it's in front of a court and they'll make the determination about that. So yep. before we pass judgment, let's let the process play out and see how it goes. I mean, quite frankly, I think that our, our at the federal level, our legislative branch has by far and away given way too much away to the executive. And they let the executive. I mean, right now we've had we've had now four presidents in a row that are essentially ruling by fiat. And yep. and 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 we've got legislature that that's not doing its job and making laws. And so presidents are getting frustrated and just making up stuff on their own. And and yep. and it's been of both parties. And and I think that to me is is that causes more concern to me than anything to do with the election is the fact that our legislature has abdicated their responsibility. And we're supposed to have three co-equal branches. And I don't feel like the legislature is holding up their end of it. But that's conversation yeah. for a different podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. So tech stuff. Tech stuff. Yeah. So um, I just flipped over to um, uh, the uh, Mac Daily News. And uh, it's funny, you know, it's supposed to be talking about what's going on with Apple and stuff. And the first article is Apple's tops fortunes, world most admired companies for the 14th consecutive year. So people admire Apple. Yay. It has nothing to do with tech, though, so I don't know why we're talking about it. Also, yeah. Apple TV Plus sets a new Sundance acquisition record. record. Um, they uh, uh, have the world, landed the worldwide, right, worldwide rights to Coda for $25 million. And, uh, and so, yeah, I guess they're spending a lot of money. Um, let's see. Yeah, a bid to overturn... Big- $15 billion dollar Apple tax verdict. The EU claims the court made errors. This is that. This has been that ongoing battle with Apple in, in Ireland, where Ireland right. said, you don't owe us taxes, and the EU said, yes, you do. And so they made Apple pay Ireland, and Ireland said, we don't want the money. We did it. We followed our laws perfectly fine. And Apple said, they don't want the money, and, and the EU is saying, you have to give them the money. Yeah, apparently EU thinks they had some uh, some claim on what other what other countries are allowed to do or member countries i guess I should yeah say. and member countries do sign an agreement saying that they'll follow certain rules and ireland believes that they did follow the rules and i guess the eu centralized government has said we don't agree we think you didn't follow the rules and by result you gave apple tax incentives to come use you instead of somebody else so and... the brit the brit the brit saw that as writing on the wall and says let us get out of here <laughs> Yeah, probably. That's part of it. Well, you know, honestly, the thing, the major issue with Brexit wasn't that tax issue. The major issue issue with Brexit was that uh, Germany, one of the more dominant countries within the EU, basically pushed to say all the Syrian refugees who want to come to Europe can come to Europe. And the Britons were going like, we don't want to allow all the refugees to come here. We want to make our decision about who's allowed in and who's not allowed in. We're not just going to open the doors and say everybody comes in because you say everybody should come in. And that was the big argument. They were like, you know, we do have 
our own sovereign space. And, uh, you know, at some at some point we're going to become Syria North. You know, we speak English here and we'd like to continue speaking English. It, it sounds it sounds a lot like uh, in the good old USA. We got 50-50s going one way or the other there, you know, same deal. Yeah, yeah. I think a large part of the world is, is dealing with that, you know. And and it, it's it's sort of a battle of haves and have-nots and people who feel like, you know, if you're saying I want my country to be sovereign and control its own space, then they say, oh, you're being racist. And, and, if, and if you uh, let anybody in, then... Then they say, oh, you're just trying to stuff the ballots so that you can win all the elections because you're the good guy letting everybody in. You know, so it's, you know, arguments on both sides. Um, you know, I think you got to strike yeah. a balance somewhere. You know, you got to help people when you can. But you can't. You also, you know, if you've if you've got 100 people in your country, you can't invite in 200 people from another country and expect to still have your country anymore. And so, that's right. Um, you yeah. know, you can't yeah. you, you can't. It's not an endless bucket of people that can come in. Um, well, see, there are other alternatives too. Is that is, you can go do help do something about these regimes that are driving people out of their country, you yeah, know, intentionally. Yeah. So, they shouldn't be allowed to uh, mistreat people like they are in a lot of places. And, right. And yet, yeah, there's a reason you know, people are running away from those places, right? Right. So, what what are you doing about that part of the problem? Yeah. You know. Because otherwise, yeah. it's just end, endless. There's always people being abused, you know? Yep. So, uh, yep. We are just absolutely never going to get away from talking about things other than tech, though, are we? We just keep coming back around to it. <laughs> we just keep coming back around to it. Did you know well, that there's was, a um, a film uh, that is, that's now um, available on Apple TV Plus that was completely shot on the iPhone? Uh, Lulu I, Wang I, I, uh, sh- shot a film about the Chinese New Year. And uh, and she reimagined it as a sort of contemporary coming of age story, and uh, and uh, yeah, she shot the entire thing on iPhone 12 Pro Maxes. Now I'm sure she had yeah. them on gimbals with with million dollar lighting to make it perfect, you know, like like a regular movie would be shot. Um, but it's still yeah. impressive that, that that you can shoot, you know, like movie quality video on a yeah. phone isn't it i mean it's shocking i remember the first uh but, portable but, i air quotes portable video camera that you had do you remember that well yeah yeah it was basically well, but, a vcr hanging over your shoulder <laughs> but 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 you got to think about it this way how many people are manufacturing the kind of cameras that hollywood uses and how often i mean given that they probably spent a half million dollars on the some of those cameras uh, oh, yeah. how often are they, are they going to update in other words right. they're going to live have a life of 10 to 20 years or you're you know you're mm-hmm. not getting your money's worth because you spent so much in the darn cameras so yeah well that's why that's, movies cost you know 200 million dollars is because yeah we had to buy the million dollar camera right but before iphones they were the only cameras like that but now right uh there's a different better way to buy cameras and they can start throwing them away and just using you know, this, this mount yeah. this same thing in the same place that you would the, the big ones and, and go. Sure. You know? And and there's no doubt that there are certain shots and things that you requ- that require you have a better camera than an iPhone. Certain movies you can't make that way. But it, instead of buying five of those cameras, you maybe buy two of those cameras. And then you can shoot other things with other cameras. Right. You know? Right. Um, 
the one of the things that just came out in the new um, iPhone 12 series is that they have they now support a um, a video version of a raw file format. And what that does is at the professional level, and that's the the cameras she used by the way, they're, they're iPhone 12s, the 12 Pro Max. Boy, that's uh-huh. a mouthful. Um, but that that file format now allows you to take it into uh, video editing and doing things where you can do like color, not just color corrections, but you can do color matching so that when you switch from camera one to camera two to camera five to camera three, that they all look the same, that you get the colors yeah. and the underlying white balance and everything matched across multiple sources when you can shoot a raw file. And that's something that, you know, if you're using compressed files, you can't do as well. And so that makes it difficult because, you know, you put two cameras in two different places and they're going to see the light differently. And it's going to look weird to you as a viewer when the the lighting for the scene keeps changing because they switched camera angles. And uh, and so the support of the pro uh, raw pro res uh, video is. a big, big thing in terms of being able to use these cameras professionally. It allows something like this. Whereas before you could use the cameras to shoot things and they had shot videos and and short films and stuff with Apple cameras. Um, But you had to be very careful about the lighting and controlling how the lighting worked because you couldn't really fix it after the fact there wasn't a file format to do that. And now that exists. So, um, you know, some of the technical stuff underneath that you and I don't always think about when we're shooting video because we don't go in and do all that color correcting. And, you know, we shoot a video of a family gathering or something on a vacation and go, yay, it's done. I've got video <laughs> and then move right on. Right. So, yeah. Uh, it says here deals. Grab the M1 MacBook Pro. I didn't know that was out yet. The M1 MacBook Pro. Yeah, it's a 13-inch MacBook Pro. They introduced it with the MacBook Air and with the MacBook or with oh. the um, the Mac Mini. It's essentially the exact same computer as the uh, MacBook Air, but it has a slightly brighter screen. It has the touch bar instead of function keys across the top, and uh, it has a fan in it so that if the, the chip gets pushed hard enough, the fan comes on and it doesn't slow the chip down. Whereas on the Air, if you push it hard... And and it starts getting hot, then it slows the chip down to keep it cooler. Uh, so it's slightly more okay. performance than the air at at high end multi core process. Anyway, it's now now twelve hundred dollars, and the air is a little under a thousand. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, well, anyway. the air sells for nine ninety nine normally, and if you are a student or teacher, you can get it for eight ninety nine, and that's the yeah. the starting. You know, that's a, what is it, 256 megabyte storage and 8 gigabytes of, uh, I say megabytes, 256 gigabytes of storage and 8 gigabytes of of RAM. That's the base minimum configuration. Um, on the MacBook Air, though, realize there's two versions of that M1 MacBook Air. And if you get the base one, one of the eight graphics cores is disabled. It's seven graphics cores instead of eight because they weren't able to get good enough yield off of the graphics chips to guarantee that eight of them always worked. And so they sell one as a seven core unit instead of an eight core unit. Uh, So if one of them, if, 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 if one of them fails, they say, okay, it's fine. It's still, we can still sell it as a seven core unit. Um, And uh, if you get the little bit upscaled one, then it gets all eight and the Mac pro has the eight in it. 
Okay. That's something that happens I think a lot of people don't realize, that a lot of times when you have processors out there that have multiple cores, when they first start making them, it's difficult to make them without having at least one or, or, or of the cores failing. And just because it's such a tiny thing and all it takes is just a little bit of dust or something. to, and, and over time, as they produce it, they get better at it. And so there's less of those parts that go into the bin that say, hey, it failed. And so what the marketers have done is said, well, look, we can sell. It's, it's supposed to be an eight core chip, but half of them that we make, one of the cores fails. So we have a whole bunch of these seven core chips. So let's just sell them as a seven core chip. I mean, it's not like anybody's going in there with a micro microscope to see that there was supposed to be eight. We'll just sell it as a seven core chip. Seven cores work. And so they yep. do that all the time. It's called parts binning. And, uh, and uh, you know, it's a way to get a, a latest technology a little cheaper. Yeah, well, there's always uh, loss on, on chip making. I used to manage parts mm -hmm. processes yeah. and stuff like that. And so the they call it the yield that's the word. Right. How many good chips, and you you know, yeah. and the yield is surprisingly low. I mean, back in the day, uh, I'm sure it's gone up somewhat, but the, with added complexity, it may not have. It may be going down. But it's yeah. you know, if you make a thousand chips and you get five hundred, you're probably pretty lucky. Yeah. I mean that that sounds crazy, but the rest of yeah. them they just throw them away. You know. Yeah, and by using the binning method. They can say, well, of those that they were going to throw away, how many of them had, you know, only one core fail or only two cores fail? And we can just sell that as a lower price chip. And that way, at well, least it's it's not waste. It's just lower cost. Um, and and they just and, sell and it, it as depends, less, less capable. It depends, it, depends, it depends how it failed, too. Oh, so certainly. Still absolutely. Control lines and stuff. You know, it's got to go through the acceptance tests before oh, sure. they, you know, sell the part. Yeah. But, Anyway, yeah, but somebody uh, had a bright idea somewhere along the line of like, hey, let's test some of these that we're throwing away and see if there's any value to them. Right. And it was like, oh, hey, guess what? They do actually it, work. It, <laughs> it used to be before you had multi-core processors, there was no saving those things at all. Uh, right. Because, you know, you, you had a flaw in a chip somewhere. It just destroyed it. You know, you, uh -huh. you'd, you'd have some memory addresses maybe that didn't work. And that's not that's not cool. You know, there was no good way to readdress remap the addresses and stuff but i mean i think they tried that for a while but it didn't didn't gain them much but anyway uh another thing is <coughs> i was reading and i can't find it now that apple is coming out with this new uh display in 2021 on first on the ipad yeah and, the uh, mini led display yeah and uh you know, I, I always wonder about those. When you talk about display, you better go into a store. Or I, I wouldn't buy them just based on eh, some commercial because very often, you yeah. you know, depending on your own eyesight, you can't see that difference. You know? Right. Yeah. You know, you gotta, it's hard to determine the value of something without actually, you know, putting see hands it, on it. and saying, you know, does that matter to me? I have said several times that, um, I mean, I, I have a 4K display in front of me now, but for years I had just a, a 1080, 1080p HD display. And mm -hmm. and I've used, uh, I go back and forth between, I have a um, the, the high-res display on my MacBook Pro that I use. It's a 13-inch MacBook Pro. But my wife has an older um, MacBook Air that's not HD. And I go back and forth between those and look at it. It's like, I don't, it didn't bother me at all. Um, I see that there's a slight difference, but it's minor in my mind. Um, so I don't care. But uh, but I know 
I mean, I, I appreciate the higher quality of the 4K. You can really see things much, much better. Um, yeah. You know, but a lot of it has to do with distance, too. You know, how close are you sitting to something? Right. You know, if you're sitting right. further back, all those it all just blends together. And it's like, well, OK, maybe it's a little crisper, but, you know, it's across the room on the television set. So who cares? Uh, a, l- so. a lot of these Im- so-called improvements have to do with uh, manufacturing improvements, too, so that uh, they'll produce something with a new technology because it's easier to build and there are fewer yeah. flaws and things like that. And yeah, so, less failure you know, rate and, and, and less expensive in the, in the long run. But, you know, so the sales guys assign a new name, you know, like uh, what would you call a mi- micro? Uh, it's mini LED. Mini, and the reason I say L- it's mini LED, because there's a mini LED and a micro LED, and they're two separate technologies altogether. Right. Anyway. So the, the, uh, the mini uh, LED, so which is what – go ahead. I was just going to say the, the marketing guys will just give it a fancy name, whether it does anything for you or not. You know, it was ma- it was a manufacturing improvement, in fact, <laughs> possibly. Yeah. I'm just making uh, – you know, trying to describe it. It right. could have been strictly – to make it more profitable for Apple to make it, you know? Yeah, that because may have been their motivating them. factor. Although yeah. they certainly but, knowing Apple, they wouldn't they wouldn't even if they were to save money, they wouldn't go to a new technology if it took the quality backwards. If they can oh, meet right. or better the quality while saving money, then it's a no-brainer. Right? Yeah. But it's it's yep. but they they certainly won't go backwards in quality because that's their calling card is hey, we make a better computer than the than the the other guy, right? It's a better right. quality product. Um, oh, yeah. I, I wanted to explain just a little bit the difference between mini LED and micro LED. Mini LED, which is the thing they're talking about right now for a lot of things, is essentially the same screen that you've always looked at. The difference being is that right now, your screen is generally going to be backlit by LEDs that are along the edges and reflect underneath the panel. So they they shoot LED lights underneath the panel. It then reflects through little shutters to your eyes. And those shutters are filters that show different colors. Okay, A mini LED, instead of having the LEDs along the edges of the display, along the borders of the display, they are now directly behind the display. And they've made them small enough so that they don't make the display really thick, which is why they hadn't done them behind the display in the past. But by putting an array of LED lights behind the display, you can now have those lights get brighter or dimmer in certain areas so that blacks will look blacker because you can shut the, the backlight off behind just that area. And so it's higher contrast by, by creating an array of LEDs to backlight your current liquid crystal display, which is what all of our, most of our TVs are. Now, micro LEDs are very similar to... Uh, OLEDs, which are organic LEDs, and that means that each little pixel that you see emits its own light, and so it doesn't have to be backlit. And organic LEDs have some issues with color quality and and length of life that micro LEDs don't because they're basically just little lights like an LED. They're just super, super small. And so micro LEDs will give us perfect blacks because each pixel creates its own light and you turn it off, it goes completely dark. So you'll get perfect blacks, which is an advantage that OLEDs have. But because they are uh, color-corrected standalone LEDs as opposed to the organic LEDs, they hold better color quality than OLEDs. So micro LEDs are something that are coming in the next year or two. Mini LEDs are available now. 
OLEDs are available now, but they have some issues with them, and that's why OLEDs aren't you have been slow to be accepted everywhere. I mean, the the top end um, iPhones now use them, but uh, the some of the um, in fact, this is the first year that all the iPhones being sold have um, all the current lines, all the Series 12 ones have OLEDs. Even in the Series 11, the Pros had OLEDs, but the regular iPhone 11 did not um, because they were expensive to create in a quality, color-controlled way that met Apple's standards. So um, just a little primer on some of the different display technologies that are out there. And, of course, Joe Bob going to buy his phone down at the Verizon store doesn't know any of that. He said, just give me the iPhone. (laughs) They go, excuse me, sir, which iPhone would you like? I don't care. Just give me the cheap one. All right. Here you go. Uh, Anyway, I uh, noticed an article uh, here on Tesla tries to reinvent the wheel. And they mean literally. So they put literally there. I have seen this picture. Did you see the shape of that? I have seen this picture. I wouldn't buy that car. It's a $130,000 vehicle. And I would say, can you give me a wheel? Because if you can't give me a wheel, I'll go buy a Porsche. Because the Porsche, uh, the electric Porsche that's out there, the Taycan or Taycan or whatever you pronounce it, is about the same price. And it comes with a wheel that I can actually turn. I do not want a square yoke to drive my vehicle. (laughs) Give me a steering wheel. I I was going to say, this looks more like my scooter. Uh, steering wheel and uh-huh. it does anything Ex- except yeah. i actually have a little like a bike you know uh thing to right. hang on to but uh yeah anyway it's, it's kind of crazy uh I, I was wondering what their argument is for this yeah this, it looks like an airplane thing. yoke or like um the uh f1 cars the race cars use something like that but if you look at a race yeah. car, they've got the steering turned up so much that, that, you know, like just a little half turn makes a 90-degree turn on this thing. You know, if, if they change the steering on the car so that it's that touchy, there's going to be more crashed Teslas than, than we'll know what to do with. Um, yeah, I just, I don't understand they, this other than they're striving to be different. And in striving to be different, they forgot to think about what's functional. Yeah. I mean, this is just the worst of design, right? When you let the designer have his own way and there's nobody to say, that's insane. (laughs) Where's, you know, what I want to know is before they introduced this, had Elon Musk driven around with this in in his car for a year? You would think they would have. I I wouldn't have approved it without trying it. You know, and maybe he loves it, but I can't imagine anybody who's a car guy going, yeah, that's what I want. It looks like a bad idea, you know, and it wasn't clear to me if that is the only steering wheel you can get or if that was an option. Well, I'm sure it's proportional steering in that it's not linear all the way around like a round wheel. It couldn't. Yeah, it's all drive by wire stuff now anyway. So and and the real and the real question in my mind is how quickly does one adapt to that? And it should be instantaneous. I mean, yeah. It should be Let, let's hope quickly. by the end of the driveway you figured it out, right? <laughs> <laughs> because, like you said, uh, if if somebody is is not very sensitive to these kinds of things, they, they could really go berserk in a hurry and and cause an yeah. accident. Well, and you're talking about cars that can go from zero to sixty in under two seconds. Right. That's scary <laughs> enough. 
much less the idea that now you can't drive it because the wheel is all screwed up. You know, that's yeah. all you need. Um, I mean, I literally, you know, I was joking, but I mean, I, I really do mean you, you better figure it out by the end of the driveway because holy moly. <laughs> You know, there yeah. are certain things that have just been so standard in a vehicle for so many years. I mean, over 100 years, we've had vehicles with a wheel in front of them. We figured that out. That's a solved problem. Why are you going back and revisiting that at this point? You know? And maybe the well, thought is is that, well, you they're going to self-drive soon anyway, so you don't really need a wheel. But that's a $10,000 option, and we've all seen how, how well that works. I mean, there's a Tesla in the news every... I mean, in fact, it's so much so that they're not even in the news anymore. There's been so many times where people have gotten in the dumb car and let it drive itself with the full autopilot, which it's supposed to have, and then smashed into something. I haven't seen those. Have you, you've seen Tesla wrecks because of uh, automate. Oh, auto yeah, there's steering? been several of them. There, there was a guy who got on the freeway, put his car in full, full autopilot, and then took a nap. And he said, well, they said it was full autopilot. And and they're like, um, yeah, but that's what they call it. That's the marketing name. They tell you right up front, even when you activate it, the voice comes on and says, this is assisted driving. Keep your hands on the wheel and be aware at all times. He goes, but it's called full autopilot, man. I put it on autopilot and went to sleep. He was lucky he lived to tell about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, um. You know, yeah, I, I have a family member who has a Tesla Model 3, and he let me drive it, and it was super cool. I'm actually very envious. I like the car a lot. But he had, and this and, and granted, they've updated the autopilot multiple times, because uh, once you pay your, your fee, then you get the upgrades to each better version of it as the software gets better and better. Um, but even, you know, because, I mean, a lot of cars have smart... Um, uh, smart cruise control where they maintain a distance between the car in front of you and and they speed up and slow down as the traffic speeds up and slows down and mine does uh, that yeah i would say a lot of them do that i think every hyundai made does that um you know they're very tech forward company um but uh on the tesla we did that and it got closer and, and came up faster behind vehicles on the freeway than I was comfortable with. It made me nervous. You know, it's like, yeah. if there's a way to dial that back, I want little, I want it less aggressive. You know, put more space between me and that vehicle that you're now, you know, tailgating. And and let's not come up on them going 60 miles an hour in a 30 zone. And and let's just maybe give us a little bit more space to react. It just, it just, that it made me very uncomfortable. Um, well, there, so. there are. There are differences in people because my mom, my mom, your mom hollers at me all the time when oh, I'm yeah. not even using this, using that feature, you know, just because I come up, you know, and, but it's a gradual thing. And then I stop, you know, about mm-hmm. four foot back yeah. from them, leave reasonable space. A whole but she foot. thinks I get too, too close and she wants me to, to slow down a half mile back, you know, and creep up yeah. on it. <laughs> yeah, everybody's different. Everybody's different. I know. I know. I'm actually kind of pleased that my wife and I are pretty compatible when it comes to that. She's a little bit more aggressive driver than I am. But uh um but uh, yeah, it's funny. She's the she's the one who and in fact, when we travel between places, the long haul drive, she'd rather drive because I don't drive fast enough. And and mm. she's more comfortable. But once we get into like a city somewhere, especially if it's a city she's not familiar with, she'll pull over and say, "Okay, you take over." I I don't want to drive yeah. here. You know, and I'm like, I'm fine, yeah. you know, but I don't get so nervous when she's driving that I can't like 
take a nap. I've taken many a good nap while she's driving down the highway. You know, we're going to go 100 miles in that direction. There's a bend in the road halfway. Be aware. (laughs) I was like, great, let her drive. Uh, Yeah. Well, I like driving, but not that kind of driving. I think it's just about time to hang it up here and uh, say I'll have a good day. I do want to add one more thing, though. We mentioned uh, Hyundai because you've got a Hyundai, and there's been that rumor about Hyundai being a manufacturer for Apple in an Apple car. There was a new article out this week, and I don't know if you happen to read it, about Hyundai apparently really debating internally as to whether or not they even want to do the partnership. Apparently, the Hyundai people are like, well, we've never built a car for somebody else, and we're not sure that we want a bunch of our cars running around with somebody else's label on them, and we don't really have any say on how they work. You know, we don't we're not sure we want to do that business. We're we're kind of proud of our own engineering and the things that we've done. And we're really not so sure that we necessarily want to to do that. We're not an OEM manufacturer and we never have been. So it'll be interesting yep. to see if that actually works out. My guess is that the Hyundai folks have talked about it enough in public that Apple's done. Apple's like, Nope, we're not working with you. We can't work with anybody who can't keep keep their mouth shut. Oh oh, so this is the last uh uh statement by hyundai to let you know that when they don't work with them that they will say well we just decided not to do it because they don't want to be told by apple that we don't want you <laughs> probably probably right? this is them setting the setting the table because yeah they they see the writing on the wall and they're like oops we blew it apple's gonna say screw you so maybe we should <laughs> uh we should say we don't like you first right <laughs> that way right. it's not on them <laughs> yeah yeah you know, no you're it, right that's it you're right. It's that's world, probably cutting it's to the, the chase. World we live in, and that's how kids behave, and, and businesses yeah. do it as well. You know, they do, they do. Well, and there's this sort of idea of like you know, saving face. You don't want to be embarrassed, right? Right. That can that yeah. can be bad for your company to be embarrassed, and so yeah, if you just you lay the groundwork for things. Well, we're not sure we really want to do this. It's not something we've ever done before, and we're not sure that fits the personality of our company and. And they left us. Okay, so that's what it was. We didn't like it, so we canceled it all. <laughs> yeah, no, you saw right through that. That's funny. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So, so all right. Well, are... on that happy note, uh, I hope that Apple finds somebody to build a car because I'd be very interested to see what an Apple car looks like and how that works and how that integrates with the world. Um, although my guess is it's not a car I would ever own as much as I may like it or not like it. Um, if Apple prices their cars like they price the rest of their gear, they're going to their 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 uh, cheap economy car is going to be a you know sixty seventy thousand dollar vehicle. So I think so not. Before we but, uh, before we'll we hang hang up on that note, I believe I don't believe Apple is ever intending it to be for one user. They want it to be so durable that it can go drive uh, twenty uh, four hours a day seven days a week except for maintenance gigs uh, uh, on a commercial endeavor to provide transportation, you know? And yeah, you're talking about sort of the fleet lease, right, where you just it's a, it's a service that you subscribe to like an Uber or something, and you say, well, I need a car on Tuesday at this time to take me from here to here, and a car shows up, and you get in it, and it goes. Absolutely, because uh, yeah. the, the number one thing that leads me to that is that uh, uh, Cook is very left-leaning, and left-leaning people always like mass transit. That's their preference. And that's so that you don't have too much freedom. They don't want to tell you that. Okay, but, but, <laughs> but well, I, 
we can argue that, but uh, I think that's a way oversimplification. But this isn't mass transit. There's nothing mass about it. You may have one person in the car. You're just calling for a car. Oh, it's still mass transit. It's still no, mass it's transit. No, it's not. Because this, well, you don't mass make, transit means mass. There's no mass in there. There's one person. Well, that just depends how you define mass transit. This car hauls <laughs> hundreds of people a day. Singular transit is how I define that. <laughs> so, no, it doesn't look like a bus. No, that's but it could. It very well could. And they'll yeah. build those things as well. So it'll all, yeah. it'll all work that way. But they'll have different size units for the different size applications. Mm-hmm. That's all. Not the wealthy shall ride in in style cars, the upscale, you know, you pay an extra fee to get the, the, the nice car to pick you up instead of the, the trashy taxi. Oh, well, they'll, they'll always be the distinction. <laughs> so there's there's the the haves and the have nots, you know. That's, yeah, that's important. No doubt. Yeah. You don't want to have to share a cab with Donald Trump. He's too rich to no ride way. with the riffraff. <laughs> and Tim Cook and and uh, you know there's people on the right and the left who want who who know that w- that we're not good enough to ride with them. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> anyway, yeah. it's it's I not Democrat and Republican. It's not conservative and liberal. It's rich and poor. Let's face it. <laughs> that's, that's that's it. That's right. That's the real lines being drawn. They just got us distracted with all this other stuff to keep our minds occupied. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. All right. Time for you to get something to eat. That's right. You read <laughs> my mind. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's what uh, one o'clock your time, right? We we talked right through lunch, so uh, you go yeah. grab a bite. Thank you, everybody, for joining us on uh, Generation Tech. We'll be back next Monday at the same time in the same place. Have a good one. Bye bye.